0: morning, everyone, and welcome to CBIA's BizCast. I'm Shannon King.
1: And I'm Alex Page-Hatley, and uh, we're doing something very different this time, which I'm sure you can hear from the noise in the background.
0: Yeah, we are at the Made in Connecticut 2019 Manufacturing Summit uh, in Trumbull this morning, so we're doing a live podcast. So the idea is to get people to come up and talk to us, tell us how business is doing. So
1: we're super excited. So excited. I think we've got prime position here. We're right in front of the coffee and breakfast. So (laughs) you can't help but go in front of us and feel bad if you don't talk to us. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So I guess let's get started and see who we can talk to. Okay.
2: Hi, good morning. My name is Paul Lavoy, and I'm the general manager of Cary Manufacturing. We manufacture catches, latches, and handles. So latch on to us. We can handle it.
3: Love
1: it. I love it. <laughs> so I guess our question of the day is, how's business? How's everything going?
2: Uh, business is good. Business is good. Manufacturing is doing well uh, in Connecticut. We, uh, we're a small manufacturer. We're located in Cromwell. Our big story is in 2016, we started reshoring our manufacturing from China back to Connecticut. So we've created some j- nice jobs here in Connecticut. We've gotten some national recognition from the Department of Commerce, uh, as we're part of a case study, a national case study on reshoring. So we're, we're doing well in Cromwell. We're you know, happy to be bringing jobs back to Connecticut and helping the manufacturing base in Connecticut grow.
0: Awesome. So, bringing jobs back, does that mean you guys are hiring?
2: Uh, we're not hiring right now. We're uh, we're pretty much at a nice stable position as it relates to uh, as it relates to our workforce. You know, we're hiring different we're hiring different workers. We're you know, the, we've invested five million dollars in equipment, which allowed us to reshore our manufacturing. So now we need higher skilled. Uh, labor force to be able to operate these machines versus a lower skilled labor force that was maybe doing more manual work. So we're, um, from that perspective, we're good. But what we did do uh, when we reshored is that we created a supply chain here in Connecticut. We have to buy our raw materials here. We have to do our finishing here. So I'm not quite sure we created jobs for anybody, but we certainly helped local companies grow business as well because we weren't we weren't buying that supply chain materials here in the US.
1: Looking back at your decision that you made probably prior to 2016 and now with the trade wars happening, can you kind of reflect on how that, your reaction seeing all this?
2: So a very interesting conversation. So we did this before all that happened. So we were made in the USA before it became popular. Mm -hmm. So our little joke was we were, you know, we were Trump before Trump decided to jump on the trade war uh, bandwagon. (laughs) So um, so it's actually interesting because we've been affected two ways. And um, we've been able to weather through one of them. The second one is, um, is going to be a little bit of a challenge for us. The first wave was we weren't directly infected by tariffs on things that were manufactured in China. So we still have some stuff that we manufacture in China. We're not 100% there yet. So what we saw is we saw increases in raw materials as there were tariffs on raw steel prices. And it's a supply and demand issue. So the, the, manu- the steel manufacturers in the United States raised prices because there was more supply of people looking to buy USA-made equi- uh, materials. We've always bought USA-made materials. So, uh, so we got about a 20 or 30% increase in our raw materials. At the same time, I did a 5% price increase. We hadn't increased prices in 12 years before. i have been there about two and a half years. So we did a 5% price increase, so that helped me. And I did the price increase before the trade wars thing, so a little bit of foresight there. That helped us kind of weather through that uh, raw material increases. And um, and then just in September, we are now subject to tariffs on finished goods from China. So now I'm in a position where I have to go to customers that are still buying parts that are made in China and pass that tariff along with them, because I can't, it's a 15% tariff that I can no longer absorb. So that's the bad news. The good news is, is that I'm not competitive with parts from China. And some cases, right? I've gone to customers and, and that have used to do business with us that moved their business to China, and I said, listen, I'm making this now in the USA. Everybody goes, yeah, USA, that's great. And you get better delivery. You get better product. You get better service. What's your price? I'm a little bit higher. Well, thanks, I'm still buying in China. <laughs> now, with a 15% price increase from that stuff in China, I'm, I'm back in that game, and if it's all about price, delivery, and quality, if I can get three out of three, then then I'm in better shape. So I'm waiting for that to kind of catch on. And this trade war is going to be a long, it's a long process, a long, long process.
0: So what is carry Manufacturing? What are you looking out towards in the next year, five years, 10 years?
2: Yeah, so we're, we're at a position where we've made this significant investment um, in 2020, late 2020. A lot of that capital equipment is coming off of our books. So we're constrained. We're small, we're a small manufacturer, of 40 people, you yeah. know. Uh, so we're constrained, our growth is constrained by our financial resources, so we're really looking at, at kind of a longer-term strategy when when that stuff comes off the books, I have more money now to reinvest back in the business to grow, so, so right now we're in a, let's get yeah, you we know, we picked up some new lines from McMaster Car, and so we're trying to integrate those, things we've never made. So we're trying to get that into our manufacturing process. I'm rebuilding an entire production process for the parts that I reshored, I had nothing. We were a distributor, now we're a manufacturer. So when I get that foundation in place, I think we'll be able then to, to see, probably but for us, um, late 2020, early 2021, you know, we'll be able to go through some rapid growth, provided we don't go into a minor or major recession at that point in time so yeah so so what you know what does my windshield look like it's a little cloudy right now but (laughs) but i can still see the road Okay.
0: good (laughs) so i have one last quick question what is your favorite part about living in connecticut
2: well, I was born and raised in Connecticut. Um, I went to college here. I've, I've never left the state. I think Connecticut's a beautiful state. I think, I, you know, I mean, I, I have a home in Old Saybrook. I live here in Trumbull. I, you know, I, the shoreline is absolutely amazing. Uh, I think our cities are are undervalued and under-resourced. Uh, I think that as our cities go, our state's going to go. I'm I'm not part of the, you know, low is me with Connecticut. I pay a lot of taxes and, you know, probably more than I, you know, that I prefer <laughs> but I get a lot for that too and you know and, and we have an educated workforce. Um, so you know, it's. I just think Connecticut is a is a great state. I'm one of those people that'll help work hard to get us back to where we used to be, um, to make you know we get. I got an email yesterday from Northwest Florida inviting me to come on down to move our business down there, and every time I get that, I say thanks, not interested. You know, happy here. So yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Well, thank you very much. Do you want to put in a pitch for your for your business?
2: Well, it's you know we're our, our real target audience is large original equipment manufacturers. So. If you're out there looking for somebody to, to you know, for catches, latches, and handles, we do make we do make the handle that goes on the black box in Boeing airplanes. So yeah, I don't know if that's uh, so. It's, we range from first aid kits to Boeing airplanes. So we kind of have a wide range of stuff of what of what we do. But uh, but you know, we're original equipment manufacturers that need latches, catches, and handles because everything's got a handle. Yep. Then Carry Manufacturing should be your first stop. Great, All
4: right. Thank,
5: thank you, so you so much. All right, thank you. Enjoy Appreciate the conference. Enjoy. My name is. Charles Daniels, and I'm the chief financial officer at Webco Plastics in Middlefield, Connecticut. We are an injection molder and a mold builder.
0: So you're also an award winner. Yes. Congratulations. Um, yeah. Thank Congratulations. you so much. I'm so excited. So do you want to talk about um, your partnership with Hebron Public Schools and, um, you know, what you've done and what you plan to do in the future, that partnership?
5: Yeah, absolutely. So we're so excited about the work that we do with them, um, and hopefully it's something that we see happening in other communities. So it started by, um, so first of all, Hebron is a community that I live in, but it's about 45 to 50 minutes away from where uh, Webco Plastics is located. And we started working with them because we had a real hard time finding school districts that were interested in the, the, the level of, um, STEAM integration into their education curriculum that Hebron is. So we worked with them first on um bringing back the, um, invention convention. And then we worked with them on getting some grant funds through the American mold building association to put, um, 3d printers in. And then we developed this innovation council, which I'm off to a meeting, um, to shortly. And what that is, is pretty cool. Um, we have a mission of, uh, improving steam curriculum and a real like, uh, we call it cradle to career type of um, mission, where we have people from the elementary school, from the middle school, from the high school, from Goodwin, from the Department of Apprenticeship, from other manufacturers, from the the library in town, just a really holistic type of group with a lot of diversity. And the the goal is, is how do we um, um, provide a real um, holistic type of steam education that gets um, these students interested and show them what the future could hold from them and how some of the skills that they have can translate into really fulfilling careers
1: did you hear anything today that was inspiring from any of the other t- uh, speakers
5: yeah absolutely um you know I, as I was just um, sneaking out now um, um, Colin um, Cooper was mentioning, um, you know, that that he feels the same way about, um, you know, really getting into to the schools and, to, um, uh, you know, starting young because, think, you know, it, the, the later you start, they've already um, have their parents or guidance counters or other factors in their life, um, um, even through what they've read or what they've, um, you know, researched themselves that are pushing them in other ways. And so it's really important to, to show students all of the, the options really early. So I was, I was really glad to hear that. And. Also, just the the, the messages of um, uh, of people working together and sharing information, we feel really strongly about that. We um, try to share as much of what we do everywhere. Um, so if you've ever, if you have anything, you know, if you follow us on social media, you'll see that because uh, we we try to do as much as we can in our communities. So um, so those things, yeah. But a lot. It was as always. This is this was a really great um, time together.
0: What is uh, Webco Plastics? Outlook for the next year, five years, ten years, particularly around workforce development um, with these young kids coming in into manufacturing. What is your long, long-term plan?
5: Yeah, so we um, we believe a lot in in training and. Not just the training on like, you know, um, training on lean or, uh, you know, um, things like robotics and stuff in the future, which we don't really have a big, um, stake in robotics game yet, but um, I, I know that we will, but really just trying to build people. So, I mean, we, a lot, we have, um, LinkedIn learning subscription and we, um, Uh, for for all of our staff and and we have them they're allowed to take whatever kind of if they want to research basket weaving or whatever it is they can because it makes them a better person and um it you know, it makes them happy, and we want people to be happy and gain new skills that are relevant to their job, but also it's, it's more than that. So I think if um, what we're trying to do by doing that is create lifelong learners and create a culture of learning so that when we're trying to teach them something that matters directly to their job, that um, they are accepting, they're, they, can, they can switch that learning mode on and say, all right, we're, we, we know we're going to gain skills and, and better ourselves, and that's so important to us.
0: Yeah. All right, well, Charles, thank you so much for sitting down with us. Thank thank you. you Congratulations. Thank (laughs) you, no,
5: we really appreciate it. CBIA is such a good friend of ours, and and I say that all the time, and I really mean it. And so thank you both, and thank you to everybody in CBIA.
4: Hi, I'm Capri Briganti from Miller Foods in Avon, Connecticut. We're a fourth-generation family-owned and operated company. I'm president of our company and we're very happy to say we're expanding in Connecticut, exciting news to share. We manufacture both pet food and uh, hand-carved turkeys as well. So we are looking forward to all that the uh, future has to offer here with this fourth generation coming in with innovation and excitement. We have a new e-commerce facility opening in Bristol and we are pleased to say that we're happy to be here today as well.
0: Awesome. So it sounds like business is doing really well. It's going well. We have a lot of growth coming up.
4: It is, and I think that says a lot about the generational piece to businesses, family businesses. I'm very passionate about family business, and we also get a lot of support from Connecticut, so I think it's about reaching out and looking for those resources. The UConn Family Business Center, CBIA, CONSTEP, all of those things that you can do to put yourself out there to get the resources that are genuinely available to you.
1: So there's a lot of good energy in this room today, and I think the speakers have been
4: really engaging. What have you heard today that going to stick with you it really is about true genuine employee engagement yeah. That's really what it's about. So, yes, it's about all those leaders. And without leaders, there's no companies. But without employees that really care and do their best work every day, there's no business. You know, so we're all working together. I saw a legislator here, and she stood up. And what can I do to help? And I say the same thing. Anytime that I'm out there at any kind of event, what can I do to be helpful? You know, we're all in this together. Connecticut is slightly isolated, I feel, in a little bit of a sense that right now it's a tough climate for some people, and I understand that. I also feel that you make some of your own luck, and you make some of your own connections, and if you're really out there looking for a solution, plenty of solutions out there.
1: I was just talking to a teacher. She was the the woman just talking with me, and she said, what can we do to help change the minds of students and parents? Like, how can we psychologically change the, um, the idea about manufacturing, and
4: something that doesn't take 20 years. And I wonder, do you have maybe a, some sort of suggestion for, for her? So I do. Really, business owners care about their communities. They do a lot, and they want to do a lot, and more engagement with teachers. I'm thinking myself, as I heard that, I go, you know what? Let me reach out. We, we're in Avon. We're in Bristol. Let me reach out, see if we can connect in some way to the education you know, process, and see if there's something we can do to educate. We make food. You know, We're food manufacturing. It's a little messy, sure, but you know what? It's a great product. We're a great family business, and we want to be helpful and employ people along the way you know it's not just people that go to college three of my kids went to college and one didn't and though that's the one that really is the most in need of this kind of environment to see that there's genuine path to success and that I think could be helpful from an early uh, point on in education yeah absolutely uh, so what is your favorite part about working and living in Connecticut? Oh, uh, it's the roots. You know, we grew. Up, I grew up on a family farm in Avon, and I've always lived in Connecticut. What do I like best about it? It's connections, right? I never thought, you know, I hadn't lived in Avon since I was 18. I came back a few years ago, and I was like, it's just a beautiful place. If you were to visit Connecticut... And look around you'd be like wow isn't this amazing you know education and just the look outside you know I'm driving down Route 8 today coming toward Trumbull and I'm like this is a beautiful place to be and also that we're here it's a small town it's a small state let's connect it a little bit you know we drove down here today to, to be here to support this and it's important it's important to stick together in here but I love it I have to say you know just my roots alone, who, you know, I get to grow up on a turkey farm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you both very much.
6: Hi, my <laughs> name is Chris Deepentima. I'm uh, president of the Tube Division of Ligate and Platt Aerospace, of which uh, Pegasus Manufacturing in Middletown, Connecticut is the division.
0: Um, so how's business?
6: Uh, business is great. Yeah, we're growing uh, about 32% this year. Uh, we've hired uh, 26 people this year in Connecticut, our facility. Uh, so aerospace and defense in Connecticut is doing really well.
1: What have you heard today that's kind of caught your attention or if you learned anything new? Is this all? Uh, familiar. <laughs> yeah,
6: no, I've heard a lot of great things. The, the presentation relative to employee engagement uh, that John gave was uh, was fantastic. You know, Talking about some of the things we could do in manufacturing relative to the workforce that's really innovative, I, I bet you 99% of the folks there haven't thought about work shifts and how to engage employees better to uh, use that as a recruitment tool. That was fantastic. And then the leadership awards that Eric just gave um, You know, some of those were really, uh, really moving, especially uh, the human resource management person at Atlas and all she's doing to try to innovate that company.
0: What are some things that you do at Pegasus um, to get your employees engaged um, and sort of maybe it is uh, shift scheduling? What are some things that you are doing in your company?
6: Yeah, we start at the school system. We have uh, a lot of our folks and we try to get our younger employees out to High schools, comprehensive high schools, technical high schools, the workforce fairs, there's a big one coming on up in November from the aerospace components manufacturers, just to get people aware of what's going on in manufacturing, students, parents, counselors. And then from a recruitment tool, flexible hours, work from home for uh, salary folks, office folks, um, flexible uh, shift schedules. We're moving now more towards uh, 410s and weekend shifts. Um, we do a lot of cross training so people can learn different areas of the business and so they don't feel that they're always stuck in one position. Mm-hmm. And from a legacy point of view, we just rolled out a huge marketing campaign for our manufacturers Um, Because we have 130 locations worldwide, and our slogan is, where do you want to go in the world today? So if you come and work maybe in Connecticut, a few years down the road, maybe you're working in our Kirkland, Seattle facility, or over in our France facility, or in Asia, or in India. So being part of a bigger company, we have an opportunity to to move folks around, not just from position to position, but around the world.
1: I, I thought the shift scheduling was very interesting as well. Do you think that's where the industry is moving, towards the longer shifts and less days worked a week?
6: Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. We're moving towards that stage. And uh, it was interesting to hear um, Charles from Webco talk about getting to the sixth grade level and pre-K level. I can't believe he just said they're going to be putting a milling machine in a sixth grade. Um, school, which is fantastic. Uh, obviously not just to make that investment, but to be thinking at that level. We, we at the um, Connecticut Manufacturing Collaborative, which Eric Brown helps facilitate through CBIA, which is uh, bringing of the industries together, the manufacturing industries across Connecticut, the networks together. Are really trying to get down into that, penetrate into that K through six, K through eight level.
0: Uh, so, what is the outlook for you for Pegasus in the next five, ten years, just in terms of growth, hiring?
6: Yeah, we've been uh, growing at, uh, employment and revenue at about a 25 to 30 percent clip. Uh, we expect to continue to see that for a good two to four years. Um, we're expecting to do an addition in our Middletown facility of 35,000 square feet which would be about an 80 percent growth in the infrastructure itself. Uh, we do expect a, a, quite a bit of retirement over the next five years and backfilling them with obviously people coming out of comprehensive high schools, technical high schools, community college. Uh, we're getting training into the inner city of Middletown um, to try to bring some folks who are uh, maybe in the underemployed or unemployment level. Um, and I know as Eric mentioned, there's gonna be a lot of work around uh, those folks who are currently in uh, the prison system. I know Wickcraft does a great job of this as far as busting them in and educating them about manufacturing and trying to tap into that opportunity.
1: Is there anything else you want to say?
6: I mean, this is an incredible turnout. It's really exciting. You can feel like a, a buzz going on. Um, you've got a lot of manufacturers here. You've got a lot of service professionals here. I see banks and uh, law firms, um, the parking lot's full, people are parking out in the middle of the <laughs> street. It's, it's just great to see. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us, Chris. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you.
3: I'm James Borshefsky. I work for. I- own a manufacturing company in Connecticut. Uh, at Coengineering. we're located in Newington. We employ about 74 employees right now, and we've been in business 41 years.
1: That's great. What do you manufacture? Uh,
3: the technical way to talk is the fluid transfer systems for rigid hose assemblies.
1: Oh, so in like normal people speak, uh, what is that? A, a,
3: a garden hose for an airplane.
1: <laughs> okay. okay. That sounds really cool. So does that... Um, Like, what function does that serve in the airplane?
3: Um, Multiple functions. It could be anything from landing gear to the oxygen systems to fuel systems. Anytime you're landing in a plane and those um, flaps go up, you can see all the tubes in the wings. And some of those could be ours.
1: So, uh, um, our main question is, uh, how's business? Like, what are your concerns right now? What are you happy about?
3: Um, Business is good, especially in the aerospace industry. Uh, We do serve a bunch of different industries from medical to water filtration, handguns, military parts, and um, of course aerospace. And the one that's really booming right now is aerospace.
0: Are you hiring right now?
3: We're always hiring.
0: Always hiring. Yeah,
3: we're constantly hiring. We're um, developing new talent. We have our own internal training programs, internship programs, trying to find kids straight out of either high school or college that from the technical schools and to train them to do what we do. There's nobody trains to be a tube bender People trained to be machinists, so we have to teach that.
1: Do you find it hard to find people who want to become tube benders
3: A lot of people just want to quickly click on a mouse. They don't want to um, get their hands dirty. Got it. So it's hard to find some of those, more of the mechanically inclined students.
1: What is your
0: company's outlook for the next year, five years, ten years?
3: Um, well, we're expanding right now. We're in two facilities across the street from each other, two adjacent facilities totaling 35,000 square feet. We're in the market to increase that to under one roof from 60 to 100,000 square feet so we can expand and bring in more capabilities.
0: Okay, and what's the time frame for that expansion?
3: Um, right now, the time frame would be within five years. I'm hoping more like two to three.
0: And are you going to increase your workforce?
3: Oh, we're Presum- gonna, presumably. It should be um, a w- automatically increased.
0: How much of an increase, if you could?
3: That I couldn't guess.
0: Estimate. Okay.
1: What's um What's the most exciting thing for your business right now, or in the near future? Like, what's what gets you excited?
3: Bringing in new technologies. We're constantly innovating what we're doing right now. I'm working on a robotic work cell to deburr parts, trying to make it better, faster, cheaper for my customers. At the same time, trying to challenge my um, employees to use their minds more, get more technical. A lot of people would be worried that the robot's going to take their job. But that robot can't run itself. That robot needs somebody to maintain it. They can't change the wheels. It can't grease itself. So that's the kind of job that's going to be in the future.
1: What is the most, and I, I don't know how specific you can get about this, but what's the most interesting thing you've ever made? Like, your your tool for like besides planes and stuff
3: you mean what kind of parts
1: yeah like who has requested
3: oh, my favorite part that we make that actually I have on my desk is a assembly of two tubes with a center fitting some holes in it and some you know stamped parts and it goes to a 737 I always call it the second most important part in an airplane the first most important part keeps it flying this one if it doesn't work the plane will not take off it can, but it will not, because it flushes the toilet. <laughs> wow, <laughs>
1: that is critical. That is critical.
3: The plane will not take off because you need work bathrooms.
1: Oh, wow. Huh.
7: So I like to emphasize that every part we make is critical. Yes, good morning, I'm Rick Mullins. I'm the Vice President of Business Development for SignPro in uh, Plantsville, Connecticut. Um, SignPro is a manufacturer of marketing and branding materials uh, to help uh, organizations push their brand throughout Industry. We serve companies uh, throughout North America um, as well as internationally. We have about 70 employees, a 45,000 square foot facility, and we're practicing lean techniques and technology 4.0 skills um, with our workforce and uh, production staff.
1: Just tell us a little bit about how business is going. What does the future look like for you? Well,
7: Alex, it is an exciting time. We have about four or five generations in the workforce. So leadership and management is a very dynamic space today. And as companies invest in people, process, and technology, which our president does, um, we have to maintain the level of workforce that we have, but yet grow that workforce and introduce those new skills. So workforce training is absolutely Positively critical. Pete um, has been the owner of the company for 27 years. It started as an entrepreneurial venture in his house, and then he moved um, to uh, a small facility in Berlin, Connecticut, and then a larger facility in New Britain um, in the East End uh, before building this 45,000 square foot facility in Plantsville over by Southington, right off 84. And um, in doing so, Pete designed the facility to facilitate the numbers and types of work that we're doing everything from yard signs and banners to full vehicle wraps of tractor trailers to large signs like for um yard goats park or letters at uconn or at ccsu or housatonic community college one of the clients we're working with right now we're doing some very unique things and people come to us because we're vertically integrated we have the design capability we have the fabrication capacity, the quality systems, and everything we're doing is digitally tracked. So we're using lean practices so customers know where their work is at every step of the game.
1: That's so interesting. And you know, I know you said the generational workforce is something that you focus on. Do you think that there's a difference um, dealing with like millennials and Gen Z in manufacturing versus other industries?
7: Every business has its unique abilities but it's, uh, and needs. But it basically boils down to the people and yes you're correct the millennial generation is a different population they value things a bit differently than the baby boomers and um we need to adapt to that they value that time off and they value a flexible work schedule and they value working from home i'm a boomer you know close to the close to the end 2020 we're going to be seeing a very large retirement of the baby boomers And these millennials moving in um, to the workplace and then in the generations behind them, we need to maintain the legacy systems that we've had, but we need to push the innovation forward.
0: So at SignPro, what percentage of your workforce there is under the age of 40? So millennials and Gen Zers.
7: Boy, uh, I'd have to take a good look at that. But I would say close to 50%,
0: Really, 40% are, are
7: probably of that millennial generation. Um, Pete has done a very good job of working with um, the higher education institutions around to bring interns in. We are constantly looking for that talent. It's hard to attract them.
0: How do, how do you attract them? <laughs> how are you trying to? Well,
7: that, that's, a good, that's a great question. Um, I don't want to tell all my secrets, but, you know, um, I think the work environment we have is very healthy. Um, when I've talked to some of the people, as I mentioned to you, I just transitioned out of, the, out of my uh, past uh, experience. Um, And I talked to some of the employees before I accepted the offer. One employee said to me, I love coming to work every day. And to me, that's what's critical. Um, You got to like where you're working. You got to like the people you're working with. That's what helps you achieve your best. Um, That's what opens your mind uh, to new ideas. And when management accepts those ideas and is willing to accept those ideas, that's when companies prosper and take off.
1: You mentioned flexible schedules being really important. Has SignPro considered doing the three or four-day work week?
7: Very interesting. Um, And, and of course, your speaker today was terrific um, talking about that, and I'm going to share that with Pete. I think that, you know, um, we need to educate ourselves in how we make that work. Our customers um, are used to the, the traditional models, and um, we need to be innovative. Pete is open to innovative ideas, discussing them, modeling them, testing them. Um, we do this even simply this week with traveling, with travel. You know how we uh, collect travel expenses. We've done that looking at CRM tools recently, um, and using our employees to to look at what options are out there and developing white papers to educate our leadership and what those techniques are. Um, I think down the road uh, we need to adopt to a different work schedule um, if we're gonna to continue to attract these young people.
0: Given your past work in workforce development um, and then also as a parent of two kids that work in manufacturing, what advice would you give to teachers, businesses, um, you know, young people that are trying to look for you know, their future career? What advice would you give them about going into manufacturing or getting more kids into manufacturing?
7: Well, Shannon, um, another good question. Talking to this next generation, the most important thing you can do is get experience. And so I would encourage businesses to invest in these young people, bring these interns in, give them the opportunity to see what's going on in their environment. And you can't sugarcoat it, you gotta give them real work. And it's through that real work and that experience that you are both gonna learn what it takes to retain these people these, this next generation of the workforce, understand their needs much better. They understand your needs, the customer wants their product and they want it on time and they want it in a quality, in a quality, done in a quality way and they want some kind of follow up. When there's a problem, they want to talk to somebody. So I think that uh, to your question, what would be the be advice? I tell every young person is get experience. It's too late your senior year in college it's too late your senior year in high school.
8: Hi, I'm Paul Nicola. I work for Precision Metal Products in Milford, Connecticut. I am their sales manager. We are a custom manufacturer, so we manufacture a, 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 a variety of goods. Um, a lot of medical products from endoscopic and laparoscopic devices to aerospace and defense and just precision industrial. So we're, we're actually expanding, we're about 80% medical in our facility right now and we're trying to just level the playing ground to make it where we don't have all our eggs in one basket
1: so um, we, you were just talking about positivity like what is yes. the kind of positivity you feel in the, in the manufacturing industry in general
8: it's tough. Um, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of ups and downs in manufacturing, but the economy has a lot to do with it. I believe when things are good and, and people are, are actually going through and developing new de- devices and products and have the money and, and the time and to actually get things done, it helps us because we're not so idle. I believe when our, our industry is idle, that's when you get layoffs and and you know cutbacks and generally that brings a negative overview into the industry so when you're busy and people are making money and people are moving um, they don't have time to think about the negative things in life. Mm-hmm. Stay busy.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so you just talked about um, expanding. So how are you going to expand? Uh, in your facilities, your workforce? Yes.
8: Yeah, so we're, we're actually looking to get back to where we were. So we've had a da- some downtime and, and we did lose some employees. We're down to about 125 when our max was like 215. <laughs> Um, So we are looking to bring in um, new equipment that does things uh, more efficiently, uh, that's faster, that maybe gives us capabilities that we didn't once have, and that will help expand um, our reach to new clientele.
1: So there's a lot of good energy here today. I think the speakers have been really engaging. Is there anything that you've heard that's going to stick with you?
8: I come to these events, and I always take something away from it every time. Um, I think it's funny. uh, I think every older generation looks at the the next generation as they're a little crazy. Or <laughs> and I think people have a tendency to over embellish. I think when it comes down to the grassroots of things, um, people want to be able to be successful in life, um, find a partner in life, uh, possibly have a family, whether it's having your own home, renting or buying. Um, I don't think that that changes throughout the generations.
0: Um, So what is your favorite part about working and living in Connecticut?
8: Um, I enjoy the fact that my job changes a lot, so I see a lot of new products. I like getting into um, these projects early on when there's still time for tweaking and it's not like a final product so I can have my input and utilize my experience to help um, save our customers time and money, improve on the processes um, that will ultimately make the the end product better. Um, Connecticut is great. I've traveled all over the world, and I have an internal compass that no matter... I've been to some very beautiful places, I'm always called back to Connecticut. I don't know if it's the seasons. I like the fast pace of it. Um, I love the coastline. So I live by the water, so that's another wonderful part of Connecticut. I, I love the fact that, you know, by the time you're getting really sick of the heat of the summer, it's winter. And then by the time you're really getting annoyed with winter, it's summer. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's great. Is there anything else you want to say?
8: I want to thank you for your time. And, uh, you know, this is a great event. Keep coming to these things and just keep talking to people because there's a lot of great ideas out there still. And if anything, stay positive. Yeah, we it's agree with you.
5: Yeah.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. Right. You're welcome. Well, it's it's been a great day. I feel like... The energy here was just fantastic today. There was absolutely a buzz here that we
0: uh, we haven't felt before at this conference. So I think people are really inspired, energized. I think the manufacturing community is coming together and there's a lot of synergy and people are just feeding off of it. So events like these, conversations like these that we've been having, this is a great opportunity to get people
1: talking and thinking and collaborating. It, totally. Totally. And when we asked them what they took from this, you know, I'm, I'm not someone who's overly educated about manufacturing in general, right. but I was surprised that they really have taken like these inspirational things and it's all about positivity and community and engagement with their workforce and not so much the strictly like regulatory manufacturing things I thought it would be.
0: Yeah. Or even just, you know, they're all obviously thinking about how to grow their business, grow their clientele. Um, you know, how they can do things better and more efficient, um, you know, obviously for cost saving measures. But yeah, the passion around their employees and their workforce. um, Yeah, people people absolutely do matter. And their growth absolutely does matter.
1: Absolutely. So this was a great day. Thanks to everybody who sat down and talked with us. And we hope you'll tune in next time. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe on
0: Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and Google Play.